Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician and I have been working with these children for over 30 years and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. Welcome to a new week. Today I'd like to talk about why are people fighting about social and emotional learning. Social and emotional learning is abbreviated SEL, S-E-L. According to the California Infant Toddler Learning and Development Foundations, social emotional development includes the child's experience, expression, and management of emotions and his ability to establish positive and rewarding relationships with others. It encompasses both intra and interpersonal processes. Now this is something I think we all want for children. According to the National Scientific Council on the Developing Child 2004, the core features of emotional development include the ability to identify and understand one's own feelings, to accurately read and comprehend emotional states in others, to manage strong emotions and their expression in a constructive manner, to regulate one's own behavior, to develop empathy for others, and to establish and maintain relationships. I know as a parent, those are things I want my children to know and to be able to pass on to their children. So why is this important? Well, the development of these skills is essential if children are to become confident and competent school children and finally adults. When children are not provided with these experiences and education, they will become more fearful, less trusting, more aggressive, and more likely to have lifelong mental health and economic problems. Ask any mother and you will find agreement that she wants her child to learn to be nice to others, to share, and to learn how to take care of himself. This requires experiences where social and emotional skills are used by adults, which the children will watch and learn from. It also requires that all or almost all older children, teens, and adults, which young children meet, will also model these behaviors. There are situations, however, where parents can't provide the modeling and feedback to help their children. This is where schools come into continue modeling and teaching, especially in terms of understanding children who may not be of their family. Teachers can help students to be curious and notice both the similarities and differences. From there, the teachers can model and assist students of different backgrounds to learn about each other, to learn with each other, and to be able to discuss differing opinions or beliefs with each other without attacking or putting down the other student. SEL and brain development and learning is very important. Brain researchers have shown that emotion and cognition 
which is the ability to think and learn, are profoundly interrelated processes. Specifically, recent cognitive research findings suggest that the neural mechanisms underlying emotion regulation may be the same as those underlying cognitive processes. So in English, that means that the brain can only grow the parts needed for learning if it feels safe. Becoming more skilled at social and emotional skills will create the sense of safety needed and allow the brain growth needed for educational learning. Well, what does this have to do with mental health? Well, according to the Washington Post, SEL is aimed at developing skills that enable young people to understand and express their own and each other's emotions. It helps them manage feelings and learn self-regulation. These two skills are related to the amygdala and the ability to control their fight or flight fear responses. It also helps build positive relationships. SEL has become a frontline effort to battle the mental health epidemic that is plaguing our young people. These are skills that parents all say they want their children to be able to do. But unfortunately, many parents who have been victims of adverse childhood experiences don't have developed S and E skills themselves. So who's against this? WFYI.org, the NPR and public TV outlet for Indianapolis, Indiana, recently covered the issues where some organized groups want to prevent schools from implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, as well as social emotional learning or SEL strategies. Terry Spradlin, Indiana School Boards Association Executive Director, pointed out that some people disrupting board meetings don't have a child enrolled in the school system, and in some cases, don't even live in that community. Meanwhile, educators said people behind some of these groups are spreading misinformation rather than focusing on what's best for kids. This is only my guess, although it's influenced by education, but I feel that a significant portion of the parents and groups who fight against these programs are afraid that their children will not believe like they believe. They feel as if they will have no control over their children. When you look at many of the parents and groups that are fighting for control, you will hear statements such as us against them. Those are statements which come from the amygdala or fight and flight centers of the brain. They don't come from the frontal and prefrontal lobes of the brain where logical thought occurs. So why do they want it removed from the schools? Well, the argument is that SEL is part of critical race theory and is geared to brainwash students into feeling guilty about what happened in the past. The group of parents and organizations who are against SEL and discussion of diversity are afraid of those who are different from them. They are grasping at the edges of their universe to keep things the same, as if the same was really that great. These are grown-up children who never had the opportunity to fully develop their social and emotional skills. 
with another educated guess, I'm going to suggest that these adults had several adverse childhood experiences that shattered their ability to feel full attachment to others, since that would require feeling safe enough to be vulnerable. How can we reach some common ground? Well, reaching common ground can occur. It will take time and the ability for each side to learn to listen to the other. A good starting place would be found in the seven questions discussed in the book, The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stanier. In addition to teaching the seven questions that a good coach will use, he also discusses how to work with others who are in the mode of fight or flight. Stanier asks the questions, so how do you influence others' brains and your own so that situations are read as rewarding, not risky? He then answers that question by discussing the drivers of engagement, which is where both sides feel safe. He talks about four primary drivers, which spell out the acronym TERA, T-E-R-A, and that influence how the brain reads any situation. Mr. Stanier notes that to him, that acronym TERA brings to mind the word TERRAR, T-E-R-R-O-I-R, which is the influence that a specific location has on the taste of wine made from the grapes there. When you focus on Terra, you're thinking about how you can influence the environment that drives engagement. So let's look at the words in Terra. First, T is for tribe. The brain is asking, are you with me or are you against me? If it believes you're on its side, it increases the Terra quotient. If you're seen as the opposition, the Terra quotient goes down, and so engagement is less possible. E is for expectation. The brain is figuring out, do I know the future or don't I? If what's going on, if what's going to happen next is clear, the situation feels safe. If not, it feels dangerous. R is for rank. Now this is a relative thing, and it depends not on your formal title, but on how power is being played out in the moment. Are you more important or less important than I am? This is the question the brain is asking. And if you've diminished my stat status, the situation feels less secure. A is for autonomy. Daniel Pink, talks about the importance of this in his book, Drive. Do I get a say or don't I? That's the question the brain is asking as it gauges the degree of autonomy you have in any situation. If you believe you do have a choice, then this environment is more likely to be a place of reward and therefore engagement. If you believe you don't have a choice so much, then it becomes less safe for you. These drivers, along with the seven questions in Stanier's book, help calm the overwhelmed members of the conversation. It also leads to that group developing skills 
to looking deeper into their reasons and beliefs, which can lead to change. Basically, the skills in this book help the believers in SEL to teach social and emotional skills to the adults who never had the opportunity as children. And from there, the future generations of children will have a better chance to develop healthy social and emotional skills. My ask of you this week is to check out this book, not for the idea of coaching anyone, but rather as a tool to see how you can help others who may be feeling overwhelmed and thus more irritable and disagreeable in work or at home. Or if you don't want to shell out for the book, try to integrate Tara into how you think about your interactions with others. Until next week, bye.